Vajkaktubascha, Kukasin Vivacha, Patita Dam Tamane Vu, Vaishnin Vijo, Namaha. All right. So the fourth cloud bank, nectarine shower of Madhurya Kadabani, deals with the stage of Nista Bhajana Kriya. Let's read the English translation of what Vishwanath has stated at the beginning of this cloud bank, and then we'll walk through it and uh, try to uh, elaborate on it a little bit this evening. Previously, two kinds of bhajana kriya were mentioned, anista and nista. Anista bhajana kriya was described in six divisions. Anarthas were described. Anartha was described. This is because Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, second chapter, verses 17 and 18 say, Hearing and chanting of the glories of Krishna gives all auspiciousness. Sri Krishna is affectionate to the sadhus, and by entering into the heart of those who hear his glories, he destroys all kinds of inauspiciousness. By constantly serving, Srimad Bhagavatam and the devotees, Grantha Bhagavata and Bhakti Bhagavata, inauspiciousness is almost destroys, destroyed and one attains steadiness and devotion to the Supreme Lord, Uttama Shloka. The first line of the first verse describes Anista Bhajana Kriya. After that, Nista Bhajana Kriya is described. In the two slokas, destruction of inauspiciousness refers to the destruction of anarthas in the two kinds of bhajana kriya. Inauspiciousness is also almost destroyed, means that some portion of anarthas is still left. According to the sequence of these verses, therefore, nista bhakti is now being described. So what's very interesting here is, first, the fact that Rupa Goswami's verse and sequence of progressive devotional practice itself is coming from the Srimad Bhagavatam. And specifically from this first, very beginning of Bhagavatam in the second chapter. So in the very beginning of the Bhagavatam, this progressive devotional path, sequential, chronological, going from one step to the next step to the next. That's explained in the very beginning of the Bhagavatam. So, when we say that our whole practice revolves around the Srimad Bhagavatam, we find that all the Goswami literatures and even Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, all the major commentaries, all of these supplemental books coming by the great Acharyas in our line are centered around this core explanation, commentary on Vedanta Sutra. And of course, a commentary on Vedanta Sutra is is an elaboration, is an explanation of the the Vedas themselves, the main verses 
of the Upanishads, which are very difficult to understand in and of themselves. So therefore we have a, a commentary on the Vedas and every Sampradaya provides a commentary on, on the Vedic literatures, on these Upanishadic literatures, which constitutes the foundation of their spiritual practice. So they draw from the Upanishads the conclusions and they create a commentary. So that commentary for the Gaudiyas is Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, the other Sampradayas of the time when the Gaudiyas were establishing their Sampradaya coming in, in the wake of Sri Chaitanya's advent, uh, they said, well, you don't have a commentary. It's like a flag. How can you put down your roots? How can you establish yourself without a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra? Nagadiya said, well, <laughs> we accept the Bhagavatam. This is the mature commentary. What more commentary do you need? And of course, you know, they would not accept that. So the Gaudiyas, they, they went to uh, Baladev Vidyabhushan and said, we got to pacify these guys, otherwise they're not going to accept that we're a, a bona fide tradition, you know, of, of, of Vaishnav practice. Uh, they won't accept us, us as worshippers of Vishnu unless we have our own commentary on the Veda. So, and they, we know what that commentary is because it was written by the author of the Vedas himself when he wasn't satisfied with providing all the Vedic knowledge. Vyasadeva gave us that mature commentary in the form of Srimad Bhagavatam. But the other Sampradayas say, no, the he you have to give us this. So they gave, they gave the job to Baladev. And, of course, he said, well, where do I begin? How can you do a follow-up, you know, on the, on the Srimad Bhagavatam? How could I even touch that commentary? So, he went before the deity and uh, Govinda and can you give me some help here? I don't know what to do. The devotees have requested that I perform this service, but but I don't know where to begin. He said, well, you know, I guess they didn't have a tablet and a pen back then. But he, get your get your palm leaves and your uh, you know get your palm leaves and I'll give you a commentary myself. And therefore, we the Gaudiyas have a commentary. It's called the Govinda Bhashya. Basically, he wrote down the dictation of of the deity, uh, and that is that placated the situation. <clears throat> Now we have a flag to rally around as a Sampradaya, and the other Sampradayas will say, oh, okay, you're cool now. You have your commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. So our commentary is Srimad Bhagavatam, and that's, that's where, where we gather our, 
understanding of what is the essence of the Vedic knowledge. So we notice coming in our line, in the wake of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we have the Goswamis, and they are the architects of the Sampradaya, and they provide, they put forth volumes of literature. But all these literatures are simply taking the knowledge in the Bhagavatam and presenting it in even a more digestible form. In a way, in a systematic form. It's key, systematic. How do we systematically progress in spiritual life? Spiritual life's a pretty unwieldy thing if you look at it. How does how does uh, how does a practitioner even approach, even consider approaching the Supreme Lord, who's unlimited, who, who's who's the creator, who's the maintainer, who's the the source of everything, and 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 beyond, but beyond the reach. Of our senses. Atashri Krishna Navadi, Abhaved Grahamindriya. With our senses, how can we approach that person who is beyond all senses? It's not possible. We can't perceive him with the senses. Where do we begin? How do we begin? So that's the real the the real significance of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. He gave us a systematic approach. He asked these Goswamis, please, you give us, you you take down. I'll give you the instruction. Now you create a system whereby my movement can take hold. What's that movement mean? That movement is not limited by any of the prior constraints that were put on spirituality in human society. Well, the only people that can be spiritual are the people that are like, you know, they got no problems. They're, they're, they're head and shoulders above the rest. The Brahmins, they're not hung up on lust, anger, greed. They don't, you know, they have no desires. You know, they're, they're educated. They're well-behaved. They can have God. The rest of you people, forget it. It's, that's beyond your reach. But that's not Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. He came to give the highest reach of spirituality to the lowest people. So there was no qualification in his dispensation. None whatsoever. Now how can we give people a system whereby the lowest can engage in a process and purify themselves? Because prior to this, you had to be a Brahmin. No Brahmin, no allowed in. Not in our, you're not even born in the right body. You're barred at the door. I mean, what? What? What's? Where's? Where's the hope? So Sri Chaitanya, no, he came to give freely to everyone. No holes barred. Everyone can have spirituality. Now we have to give those people that don't have any qualification, that have no backing, that have no background, that have no foothold in purity, we have to give them a system whereby they can come 
to a platform of steadiness. That's where we are now. We're studying steadiness. And from that platform, then they can really enter in to spirituality. So it's so interesting to see that this systematic presentation, this breaking down of the, of the progressive devotional path, it's there, hidden in the Bhagavatam in the very beginning. But we need Rupa Goswami to bring it out and put it in a handbook which has step A, step B, step C, step D, you do this, 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 we're all, we're looking at simply this one verse, which is talking about progressive devotional service, but that verse is based on the second chapter of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So Vishwanath is quoting that those verses now that deal with Anista Bhajana Kriya, Anartha Nivriti and Nista Bhajana Kriya. So he actually quotes the verse beginning here in the fourth cloud bank. So just hearing this commentary, anybody know the verses? Anything ring a bell? Bell as soon as you start saying it. <laughs> All right. So let's let's look at the translation of the verse. And you will remember it because let's go to a translation. It's actually three verses in a row that deal with this unsteady, anarthanivriti, steady taste, asakti. Krishna, who purifies by the process of hearing and chanting, who is the benefactor of the devotees who hear about him, enters the hearts of the devotees and destroys their sins. Now, Prabhupada's translation was different, so you may not recognize the verse. Srinvatam swa katha krishna punya shravana kirtana hrijanta styo badrani virudnoti suhrit satam Second chapter, first canto, 17. So Krishna is entering the heart. And he's doing the purifying of those who what? Were engaged in bhajana kriya. In the beginning, the bhajan's unsteady, but we're entering into the process of bhajana kriya. So, who's doing the work? Krishna's coming into the heart. He's purifying the heart because what? We're engaging in the process. We're following the direction of the spiritual master. He says, chant so many rounds, worship the deity, hear Srimad Bhagavatam. Who's really doing the inviting into the heart? Do we have the power to invite Krishna into our heart? No. But we're engaging in a process 
and somebody extended an invitation to Krishna. When he accepted us as a disciple, just as when he installs the deity for our worship, he invites Krishna. Now, you come and you, you, you take some position here in this, this sincere devotee's heart. He's come to me, he's taken shelter, now you can come to him. Normally, Krishna has no, you know, he's, he's independent, he's fully independent. That's why this process begins when we come in contact with the sadhu. And the sadhu is inviting, Krishna, you come now. Here's your devotee. Now you can, you can take him. You can do your magic. So, Shravanam, we begin. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. We engage in the process. Krishna is saying, oh, you're chanting my names. How nice. Let me get the garbage. There's stuff in the way here. You and I can't really communicate until we get some of this out of the way. Let me help you. So that's what this verse is speaking of. This is coming. This is the stage of Anartha Nivriti. The Anarthas are being swept away. Who's doing the sweeping? Now, if we're a fool, we can say, oh, look, I'm sweeping my heart. I'm doing such a good job. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. No, <laughs> that's a misconception to think like that. Krishna is doing the sweeping. We're, we are simply engaging in the program. Krishna is saying, oh, you're chanting my name. How nice. So you're inviting me here, but you realize I don't like it if it's a messy, dirty place. So, you know, I got to clean it up. I got to clean it up. I have to, I have to assist. So this is the stage of an Arthur Navriti. And it's interesting. What's very interesting, what came to mind is we think about Bhakti Vinod Thakur and Bhakti Vinod Thakur in his uh, Sri Shaitanya Sikhsamrita, he talks about the destruction of Anarthas by Krishna. During Krishna's manifest pastimes, Krishna killed all kinds of demons. And Bhakti Vinod in this work, what he does is he equates the destruction of those various demons by Krishna to the remo removal of Anarthas. And he makes parallels between various Anarthas that plague our devotional practice and those demons with Krishna killed. He starts with Bhutana. What's Bhutana represent? Bhaktivinod said, Bhutana, what's she represent? He's thinking. These are thoughtful men. What, what is this? This is false representation of something that's good for Krishna. Some meal. But there's a falsity here in this person. What is this? This represents the bogey yogi, the false guru. They come forward and say, Oh, here, I'll give you spirituality. <laughs> give me your money. Give me your worship. Give me your body if you're a woman or if you're a female. Whatever. The point is falsity is there. They're, they're, they are misrepresenting true spirituality. So Bhaktivinoda, he's thinking, oh, so what is this team, Bhutana? Bhutana is false. 
False representation. This represents the false guru. Well, we have to be careful to get in contact with a real sadhu. It begins there. It's funny. It's the first demon. It's not funny. It's amazing. The first demon to deal with is finding a real sadhu. You take the nectar from somebody that actually has the nectar. If you take it from the wrong person, it's simply poison and your spiritual life will be destroyed. Then comes the cart demon. What do we bring to our spiritual life? A cartload, a boatload of misconceptions. We think this is that way, and this should be this way, and this is spirituality, and that's materiality. So we have all these conceptions, what's spiritual and what material, but it's all wrong. So we bring this cartload of misconception, and Krishna, what's he do? He kicks that cart over, and all those things are spread away. They're no longer there to inhibit our spiritual progress. Now we could go down this path and have your, and sit in classes for a few weeks and go over all these, but they're they're interesting. Bhaktivinoda has done a great service for us. We'll go there later. We're talking about Madhurya Kadamani now, but I just wanted to bring that in as a as a an example to you of how Bhaktivinoda's giving this knowledge. He's bringing this out for us. Where to come from? The Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the core literature around which all of our practice and all of our knowledge revolves. And all these books of the Acharyas are coming. They're an elaboration. They're an unpacking of what is there in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Srinvatam Swa Katha Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Krishna is coming into the heart at the request of the sadhu. Please, I'm accepting. Now you can take some position there. And they have such a close relationship, then we have some good fortune. Good fortune. Great fortune. Unimaginable fortune. Coming what? Fully independently. What did we do? How did we get this good fortune? Oh, this is the discrimination of Krishna's devotee. He is Krishna's Kripa Shakti. He's coming and he's giving some opportunity. So, we're hearing, we're chanting, and Krishna is cleansing. Sheto Dharpana Marjanam, Bhava Mahadavagni Nirvapana. Cleansing is going on. The heart is being cleansed. This is the stage of anarthanivritti. So bhajana kriya is there. We're chanting. We're reading. We're engaging in the process. And Krishna is coming and he is cleansing at the request of the sadhu. And we are progressing in our spiritual life because of it. Then the next verse is there. Nasa prayeshu abhyeshu nicham bhagavata sevaya bhagavatyutamas loke bhaktir bhavati naistiki Steadiness. There's the steadiness. Translation. 
as the now this is Vishwanath's translation. Regular uh, Prabhupada's translation is by regularly hearing the Bhagavatam and rendering service unto the pure devotees. All that is is inauspicious is practically destroyed and loving service to the Supreme Lord is established as an irrevocable fact. That's steadiness. Irrevocable fact. Vishwanath's translation is also very nice. As the impediments to bhakti become generally destroyed by constant service to the devotees and Bhagavatam, the stage of Nista Bhakti to Bhagavan, who is praised by the great sages, becomes established. So, Vishwanath Chakravarti, at the beginning of this fourth cloud bank, first explains himself. Maybe you thought that there was some improper sequence on my part because you are a thoughtful person, you're reading my book, you're a devotee, and you know that at the beginning I said there's two kinds of devotional practice, unsteady and steady. So I explained unsteady devotional services and I, I gave you the, the symptoms of that practice in the second cloud bank. If you remember that, those symptoms were eh, six different symptoms that we see in the beginning of a Dutsadika's life, which are symptomatic of, of his unsteadiness. His not, he's not yet fixed up. So what? So it begins, uh, where do we begin? The six symptoms. Utsahamayi. Hmm? There's some real enthusiasm at the beginning, but we don't have a firm standing, so we sometimes make a fool of ourselves. And our <laughs> look at me, I'm a devotee. Oh, look, oh, let me tell you, meat eating. You know. <laughs> anyway, we 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 become a little proud, prideful. <laughs> I got a guru, and you don't. And, you know, I know more than you do, and so many things come into the mind from our material conditioning, you know, since time immemorial, so immediately our, you know, our, that takes on. And, but it's good, enthusiasm, yeah. imitation of a good thing, it's a good thing, unless you, you know, insult and belittle other people in doing that. But then we run hot and cold, Sometimes we're on, sometimes it's off, running hot and cold. Then we go to sensual struggle. Struggle with the senses. Running hot and cold. Well, then we come to that next stage. The next stage is parading possibilities. Let me do this. That's the third one. First we run hot and run cold. Then the other one is parading. Maybe I should become a renunciate. No, maybe I should become a householder. Maybe I could go to India. Maybe I should be the temple president. Maybe I should be the pot washer. One of these things will make me Krishna conscious. So parading possibilities. Then the next stage is uh, struggle with the senses. It's, it's a battle. These things keep coming back as we're practicing. Keep coming into our consciousness. Lust, anger, greed. It's, we're fighting with 
with those things which were the basis upon which we enjoyed and engaged in life prior to devotional practice. <clears throat> right? Then we come to what? Broken vows. Broken vows not so much of do and don't do this. What Vishwanath referred to in his broken vows is the fact that we want to advance and at the beginning of the day we say we're going to chant 16 rounds without interruption. We're going to chant our rounds without interruption. We're going to study the books and not fall asleep. We're going to, you know, do the worship. We're not going to let the mind wander. You know, so many things are there. And at the end of the day, we assess what we told ourselves when we woke up and said, boy, I didn't do a very good job of it. So we start and we get up the next day and we start again. So at a certain point, what you wanted to do in your devotional service at the beginning of the day will be what you accomplish. That's steadiness. And then the end, uh, the last one of Anista Bhajna Kriya, the last symptom is you ride on the waves of, of bhakti. In fact, that's the word, uh, Taranga Ragini, the waves, or you're riding the waves, you're surfing. Surfing on that good fortune that's coming, what, when those two initial leaves are, are coming to the devotional creeper. <clears throat> One is Kleshagna, that means the kleshas are being receded, lust, anger, greed, all those things, ignorance are re- going away, and Subhada, all that auspiciousness is coming. And you start to think, well, the auspiciousness is coming because mm. I'm a devotee. I got it together. So he says, in the second cloud bank, I gave that. And then in the third cloud bank, I dealt with Anartha Nivriti. And here we are at the fourth cloud bank. And we're going to talk about steady devotional practice, Nista. So, but don't think that this was that this was not the proper sequence. I realize I said first we'll talk about Nista, unsteady, and then Nista. And then in there we came to Anartha Navriti. No, this is the way it's outlined in the Bhagavatam. That Krishna's entering the heart at the stage of bhajana kriya and cleansing away the anarthas. And now we're at the next stage, which is steadiness, nista. So in this very opening section, he's, he's bringing out this point of how this correlates with the Bhagavatam, how he's presenting the sequence is provided in the Bhagavatam just as Rupa Goswami has provided this sequence in his verse, which is based on the Bhagavatam's second chapter of progressive devotion or practice. Stage, one step after another. He goes on. Nista means that which gives rise to steadiness. Due to the presence of grave obstacles, that steadiness is difficult for us to attain. Now, he's going to talk about five obstacles to steadiness which are beyond what he's already given us 
as far as Anarthas coming from four. We have four, four items of Anartha, actually five, but four are coming, two from piety, one from impiety, right? Aparads and Bhakti Anarthas. Anarthas coming from Bhakti itself. So we've, he's dealt extensively with the Anarthas. Now he's talking about there are some things that you can recognize in your practice to let you know that you haven't yet that there's still some some little some little obstacles obstacle in your attainment of steadiness so as long as these things are still plaguing your bhajan then know that you're not quite tanista yet so, these five items are there. And when you see the lack of these obstacles, your, your, your practice is more or less situated on Nista. So, five items. Laya, Viksepa, Apratipati, Kasaya, and Rasavada. Would you like to know what they are? Yes. Laya means increasing tendency to sleep. Mm-hmm. You just can't do your japa without nodding off. You can't stay in a class without. In other words, the there's there's still that tendency. And what does sleep come from? From the mode of ignorance. Mm-hmm. So basically what we're seeing here is what is the position of steadiness? The position of steadiness is Sudasattva. Purified goodness. Because devotional practice in and of itself is beyond sattva goon. It's spiritual, spiritual goodness. So these things these five items fall into the categories of Tama and Rajas. So the first one is Laya, is this tendency that sleep interferes with your bhajan. The second one, Viksepa. Viksepa is Viksepa is Prajalpa. Viksepa, Prajalpa, same thing. Before and after class, what do we talk about? That's a, that's, that's a symptom of steadiness or unsteadiness. If after the class or after the japa, after the, after the worship of the deities, we're back on Facebook, you know, not talking about spiritual matters or we're, we're discussing, you know, just worldly affairs with the other devotees, we're, you know, we're still affected by you know, by those, that kind of a village talk, we're not really getting a more and more absorbed and enthusiastic and enlivened just by, by spiritual subjects, by spiritual discourse, by spiritual actions. 
that means we're not yet steady. Nothing to get, it's just, it's a nature. It's a symptom, a symptom of the fact of a nista budge and a kriya. You're still unsteady. So, just falling asleep when at the inappropriate times, finding out what is, how much sleep do I need, and just taking that much rest and not being overcome by sleep uh, at inappropriate times. That we have enough attention. And we'll find as we come to the end of this fourth cloud bank uh, in the discussion of Nista, we find that we come to an, a platform where we're enlivened. That's really what. what's the next stage after Nista. Ruchi, the taste. So the taste is ever increasing. The desire is for attentive bhajan, attentive bhajana kriya. We want to be there. We want to be here now. Krishna is here now. And we're separated because why? Because we're not in the we're not in the right place in our activity. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu has not taken over every single aspect of our existence. Steadiness means, and it does. And there are some things we can do to 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 push the process along. Well, we could find the right amount of sleep and not be overcome by a lack of sleep or a lack of attention to where we fall asleep at inappropriate times. Especially when we're doing our our, our japa, especially when we're, we're in a class. It's kind of hard in kirtan, you're standing up, but uh, no. I've seen devotees. Um... So, sleep, tendency to let these material subject matters continually come in. We have to gradually turn it down. We have to turn down the volume of the material static that we're so accustomed to. And it takes some time. It's not going to happen overnight, but uh, you notice the, the, the more advanced devotees who are steadier, they kind of just walk away from those kind of conversations, kind of drift away. They go someplace else. They they really they want to show you respect, but they really don't have time for it. Have you noticed that? They just kind of yeah okay, yeah I know yeah I know they got a divorce okay, yeah their kid got into an accident or their kids in Maya yeah okay. And I got some other stuff I got to attend to now. I'll see you later. So that's that's a symptom of steadiness. Is that that is not drawing us? We don't really have an ear for it anymore. Now we may still have an ear for it, and that ear may be more for that than what we should have an ear for. That's a, that means that this is an obstacle. It's an obstacle for us relishing. These are obstacles that are standing in the way of us completely relishing our spiritual practice. Even when, a pratapati refers to even when you're not falling asleep, even when you're not drawn to 
village talk before and after and maybe even during your devotional practice, still enthusiasm is sometimes hard to muster. That's a pratipati. Sometimes we just, it's hard to push ourselves along into hearing attentively our japa, paying attention in class without the mind thinking, going a hundred miles elsewhere. So that lack of enthusiasm to, to, to take full advantage of what this process is, what devotional service is in our life, that is a pratapati. That means that there's still some, some lack of, of enthusiasm. Kasaya, this is the fourth item. Kasaya means that the old habits raise up their ugly, ugly heads every once in a while. We become angry. We become greedy. I need this. Without that, I can't do my service. I'm not going to do my service. We become, you know, whatever those old material mundane thoughts of are, they, they, they come back into our consciousness and they interfere with us being steady in our bhajan, being bhajan. Bhajan does go beyond. Bhajana kriya means not only the chanting and the hearing and the attending class and the worshiping the deity. It means the service we do during the day. That is also bhajan. When we cook, when we clean, when we clean ourselves, when we worship, whatever we're doing, it should be in that consciousness. I'm not doing this for, I'm not here for my well-being. I'm here at the request of a higher spiritual authority. He's directing what I'm doing. And I'm doing it for his pleasure. And I'm going to do it as good as I possibly can. I'm going to do it perfectly. And I'm not going to just do it when he asked me to do it. I'm going to use my intelligence to think, what would he want me to do? What could I do to make things better for him and all the other sadhus that are his disciples, that are my associates? So I'm looking at every stage. How can I, where is there service opportunity for me? I'm not leaving the job for someone else. I'm doing the job before someone else can even get to it. So when we're thinking like that, these old habits, they have, they can, they, they're not going to get in our way when we're having that kind of consciousness. It's somewhat like the question Sumati asked the other, I, do I, you know, how do I, do I need to always pray? No. You do the service in such a way that the prayer is, I need some more service. I want to do the service perfectly. Look at Prabhupada's prayer when he came across. Please, Bhakti Siddhanta, if you do this, he'll be happy. Not that I want to make advancement. No, I want Bhakti Siddhanta to please you. 
I want my spiritual master to get the most benefit. How can I do something for him that will put him in the best position? So I know how he's serving Radha and Radha will make you happy. So if you make give me the opportunity to serve him, that will give her more pleasure and her her being happier will make you happier because she's going to treat you more kindly in your exchanges of loving affairs. See? So you give me some opportunity to do this service so that my spiritual master can do his service so that Radha can be pleased so that you can enjoy your life. There's no self-motive there. There's nothing like, I want to be a big, I want to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. No, not really. I do, because that'll please him, and he'll please, and by me pleasing him, by you helping me please him, the circle's going to go, it's going to go full circle, and Krishna's going to end up, and Radha's going to end up having a more loving, deep, meaningful exchange. That's pure, unalloyed devotional service. These other things, they come from time to time. When we see, they still creep up. Anger jumps in. Greed jumps in. We're lazy. I don't want to do it. We become angry because somebody's standing in. The, if, you, if you weren't here, I could do my service. Just so many things. The mind. So this is this next stage. Kasaya. The old things, the old mentalities of material existence that made me as miserable as I've always been in material life, they come along. And they, they, they keep me away from chanting and hearing and serving perfectly. And the last one of these obstacles, Rasavada. We still like to enjoy the senses. So when that still comes, we still want to hear something that's not going to benefit the program spiritually. We still want to see something, sneak off to the cinnamon show. We still want... So these this desire to still satisfy the senses, which is basically satisfying my desire to what? To die. What's a Bhakti Nanod's prayer? These senses are all pathways to death. So as long as I'm still drugged back to enjoying them, if we can see the senses and sense activities of, of personal enjoyment, of personal gratification like that, for what it is, when I engage in that kind of enjoyment, what's it do for me? It's simply gives me that pathway to death that assures I'm going to have to take another birth. That's what death is. Death is making an arrangement for the next birth. So those material things that I still am dra dragged back into, they're simply making that body. Ah, I want to enjoy that. Nista means I get beyond that. So we'll go we'll go on and complete this. There's not much more in this this stage. As you had said, how much more is there? 
It's going to go pretty quickly now. It is. Don't be bored. This is all good stuff. It really is. This is this is foundational stuff. This stuff, this is what good devotional practice is made of. Understanding what what's going on in our lives and understanding how to progress. When we get to Nista, the road becomes wide. The prospects become many. All these things coming from Thomas and Rogers dissipate. And we, we get into a stage of purified goodness that is steady practice, steady bhajan, ever-increasing enjoyment of chanting and reading and hearing and serving. That's what we want. And that's what Vishwanath wants, us to, wants, wants to give us, but we have to learn these fundamentals in order to get there. And a practice that's not based on these fundamentals and a, and a, a proper conceptual orientation of the practice that we're engaged in is not going to serve our progress very well. So I'll stop there. Are there any questions? No questions. Thank you for your association. Hare Krishna.